And, uh, and so to add that, I'm excited to bring the Word of God to you tonight. Amen. So uh, I, I tell you, I just was just, I don't usually say things like this unless I mean them. And I was really just taking in the worship tonight. Amen. Just receiving. And it feels like, uh, man, I, I'm more nervous to be online than I am with the church fall. Amen. But praise God. I'm excited to be here. Uh, if you turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3, I've been doing a uh, um, series on being thankful and uh, what I am thankful for. Because I begin to ask that question myself. You know, you're serving God for so long, and, uh, you know, things become repetitious. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift our hands. And as a Christian, I understand that, and it's not nothing wrong with the worship or the prayer. It's just in our hearts, we can become repetitious. So I begin to ask myself, Lord, what is it I am thankful for? And the Lord just kind of speaks to me, well, only you know. He knows, but he wants me to say what I'm thankful for. And then I look in the Word of God, and the Bible tells us in various scriptures that uh, we are to be thankful day in and day out. Can anybody say amen? Thank you, Jesus. I can't hear you online, but I can sense it. So I'm thinking about the holidays. Uh, we understand it's, it's the season to be thankful. It's a season to be giving. And it's a season to uh, express the joy of the Lord, not just a seasonal thing, not just, well, you know, we're thankful we had Thanksgiving, everybody around the table says what we're thankful for, Christmas comes along, we're thankful, we receive, we give, and then after the holidays, everything just seems to, to go back to normal, uh, all, the, all the happy faces have changed, amen, but that may be a picture of the world, so to speak, uh, but as believers, we are to be thankful continually, not just thankful for uh, what we've already experienced, what we've already been given, what God has given us, but to be thankful for what we have not yet seen. That's called faith. I'm thankful because the Lord is true to his word. I'm thankful for his promises, even though they are still being fulfilled in my life. And I tell you, when you get uh, in, in that right attitude uh, of our heart and of our thinking, it changes your whole perspective about Christianity, about serving God, even when uh, we are in the middle of, uh, again, of a pandemic or trials and tribulations. And we wonder, well, God, why is this happening? Because the Word of God tells us this would happen. The Word of God prepares us. And so we are to be thankful that the Lord will, will see us through to the end if we stay faithful to God. If we, what I mean by that is continue to serve him, continue to love him, continue to trust him, and continue to desire uh, to be uh, led by God's will. Not our own will. Our own will can easily break us away from being thankful because now we become about us. Well, here's what I want. Here's what I need. Here's what I deserve. But honestly, you and I don't even deserve salvation. It's a gift. And, and we need to be thankful for that every day. And so when you have a good day, when you have a bad day, we should uh, let God be in our life. And so recently, um, I've been thinking, as I said, about some things in my life as we go to chapter 3. Um, uh, some sickness I've been dealing with uh, for years. Uh, it, it was just hard for me to break through that place where there are physical things I cannot no longer do, which I love doing. Uh, uh, in 
just in keeping my body moving and, and things I cannot do, like I can't ride a bike, I can't run. I just don't have the physical ability to do that, but I'm still thankful that I'm alive. And, um, and so I want to share this this evening because I believe uh, if we are ready to uh, move forward to navigate into a new season, we have to not just think about, well, what is the new season going to bring us? The question is often is what are we bringing into the new season? What are we taking in? Uh, are, are we just going to be the same? You know, we can change everything, but yet stay the same. And I want to share about uh, chapter 3, verse 1, uh, in this segment called um, I Am Thankful and living, uh, living as Those Made Alive in Christ. That is the chapter. That's what the chapter is called, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Now, how many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, okay, but how many of you are, are, really feel like you're alive in Christ? Amen. We should because we are. We may not physically feel it. I don't physically feel it, but I know according to the word that I am alive in Christ. And so the, the scripture says this in verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. In verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now I've read this scripture pretty much the whole uh, span of my salvation or my Christianity, let me call it. Uh, and, but I'll tell you as you... You grow a little wiser, you grow a little more mature, you grow a little older, and you read it more and more. Uh, it begins to take a whole different meaning into your life as you mature in the Lord. And as you experience things that you never thought you would experience, you have seen things that you would never thought you'd see. And, and the other day, I was just thinking how uh, my, my wife and I and my daughter, we stopped in to visit uh, a, a woman we know. And this woman has uh, been, uh, we, we know her, but before I share a little bit about her, and, and we, we, we stopped at her house to drop something off, and she came out to say hi. And uh, she, told, she said something to me that just really touched me. She says, you know, uh, uh, she calls me Daniel. She you know, Daniel, uh, I, I'm always praying for you. I'm always praying for you. And I'm thinking, well, good, I really need it because uh, of the things I've been dealing with, the situation, and questioning why I'm even thankful. But then I looked at her, and here's a woman who's been a quadriplegic over 50 years. And you're talking about living in a wheelchair, from wheelchair to a chair to a bed, and never being able to walk or do anything physical. And I'm thinking about that. I said, oh, my God, here's a here, I'm looking at my little situation, and then I'm listening to her with a big smile, and my wife and I were just watching her. The sun was shining that day, and it was like her face just lit up, and she's just had the joy of the Lord, and she's involved in the Lord. And I was like, man, I should be thankful that somebody's praying for me. I should be thankful that Jesus saved me, and he's doing a work in me still, and he will never stop as long as I don't stop. He will never give up as long as I don't give up. And he will continue to be faithful as long as I continue to be faithful to him. And I thought about this, and I said, wow, here's a woman that's been in this wheelchair for 50 years, um, and yet she's, like, praying for me and not really taking too much uh, uh, attention to herself. And I like the way that's how Jesus was. And so, and we begin to talk, and we both agreed this, that we never seen these things coming to our lives. 
In other words, the, the tragedy that befallen her and the tragedy that befallen me in a whole different way long before we knew each other, we never saw it coming to our lives. I never imagined myself uh, uh, not being able to do the things that I did so easily and took for granted for, or took for granted. And then we both agreed to this. You know what? I am thankful that I am still alive because I probably shouldn't. And yet, and I'm thankful that God has given me uh, to be alive to do his work. Amen. And that's something that we as believers, we need to express to God our thankfulness. And listen, when you share a little joy, it, it affects people around you. When you share a little uh, 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 positive uh, uh, words that are godly, uh, and, and you share the thankfulness and the joy of the Lord, no matter what the situation is in your life, because we all have situations that you don't want to be happening. They come, they go, but we move on. We move forward. And when you're able to do that and be thankful, God just really gets involved with you. He embraces you, and you don't often see it. He just kind of sneaks up on you, and before you know it, you're like, well, I feel different today. I feel happy. I haven't felt happy in a long time. I've been acting like I'm happy. I've been rolling like I'm happy. I've been saying I'm happy, but deep inside, something is not feeling good. Deep inside, um, uh, I'm broken, and I, and I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful unto the Lord. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Now, think about that. That is a deep scripture because it's so easy for us to just kind of, uh, uh, t- uh, you know, toe the line in our Christianity you know, we're at where we should be. We, we, we're there where we need to be. We show up when we need to be. We do what we need to do. And pretty much we can toe the line of our Christianity in this way. But yet still inside, just be like, you know, I wish I had something to really be thankful for. But consider this. You're alive in Christ, as the Word of God says, and that's what God expects of you. It's not a negotiation. It's not, well, you know what? If, if you don't feel up to it today, uh, uh, it's okay. That's not the army of God. God, he has an army, and we are soldiers in his army. We are soldiers, and we are warriors in the army of God to, to assault, to assault the kingdom of darkness for the sake of others, for the sake of souls. And when you get that in your heart, you realize, hey, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to be in a battle, but I am still thankful, and I have the joy of the Lord, and I don't have to fake it. I can really have it in me. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. As a pastor, I, I know this. It's easy to, 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 to do what people expect of you and not even know that inside you're broken up. It's easy to do that when you get used to doing that. But I'll tell you something. You, it's, not, it's not easy to live with because as a pastor, as a Christian, as a leader, whatever, from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top, God expects us to have the joy of the Lord in us. And we have that by being thankful. He gives us a reason to be thankful. The world won't give you one. Others may not give you one, but God will always give you a reason to be thankful. One point I want to look at is I thought about the worldly things and the, and the godly things. It says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And it says uh, that, I, you know, and I read this, and I wrote these, these notes down that I, I myself, I do not have the things that my mind can create and desire. I, I know what my mind can create, and I know what it can desire, but I don't have those things. But one thing I do have is the reality of life as it is, and we all have that. You know, we, we understand the, the, the 
pull of temptation and, and our mind tries to dictate to us what we need, what we want. And we, and we still don't have those things because we don't need them. But we do have the reality of life as it is, whatever that means to you, however that fits into your life. And with that reality of life as it is, we have to contend with things many times that are not pleasant or that are not uh, just kind of like what we want to be involved in. And we don't ask for certain things. They happen. Can anybody say amen? I can hear you. And we contend with these things. But let me ask you this question because I've long thought about this myself. You know, I'm listening to the sermon on Sunday and, and talking about new seasons and, the, and navigating those things. But what is moving forward look like to you? What does it look like to you? It's not just a, a thing that presents itself and, wow, that looks good. I've been praying for that. It doesn't look like that at all. I've learned this uh, uh, over and over, and sometimes I didn't learn it uh, all the way until things begin to repeat themselves in my life. Wait a minute. I thought I was beyond this. I thought I went past this already. I thought I dealt with this already. I thought, you know what? Uh, I, I've been healed from that already. No, they keep revolving if we don't confront them, things in our lives. We don't like to confront. We like to keep silent. Matter of fact, we're encouraged to keep silent many times. But what does your moving forward look like? Let me tell you what, what the danger of being stuck of the past is. The danger of being stuck in the past is a soul in bondage. A soul in bondage, our soul in bondage. That is the danger of being stuck in the past. Old mindsets, unchanged hearts, unchanged minds, unchanged attitudes. And we think we are moving forward because we are able to occupy both time and space. In other words, things change. Things revolve. Things evolve. We're in a different situation now. We're in a different building. We're in a different, uh, so to speak, ministry. We're in a different type of ministry. But that doesn't mean that we necessarily change because that has. We are only occupying space and time. We're allowed to do that. It's, it's the will of God. It's the physics of life. But what about what's changing in our soul? Is, are we really moving forward in here? Are we just occupying space and time in our soul. A broken soul, a, a broken spirit that is stuck in something of the past. And a lot of times we may be acting like we have not experienced all, or nothing happened or we have not experienced anything at all. You and I experience a lot of things that we didn't like. And I know we don't want to say, and this is not what this is about. Oh, you know, quit talking about what happened. But I want you to know we don't need to amplify that. But we need to, as believers, we need to talk about things that happened to us without feeling afraid. And without making a drama out of it. But we need to express these things. We can't be, we can't be afraid to talk about what happened. Because you do not move forward by not talking about it. By not saying, hey, I need to talk to you. I need some help. I need to share. I mean, I, nobody knows that this happened to me in the ministry. Nobody knows that, that this hurt me in the ministry. And we carry that. And yet we are moving forward only in occupying space and time. But our soul is locked and it's broken. 
and it's in bondage. And we cannot move in the direction that God will want us to. We'll move everything else in the physical, but in the spiritual, we cannot move forward. This is not about the past, but it's simply not just saying, um, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm just going to act like it didn't happen because things do happen. I'm not talking about just two, three years ago. I'm talking about the course of our life. And so it's hard to be thankful when our souls are locked up and we're watching time go by. We're watching new people come up and and, and God blessing them, giving them favor. And, and, And we're wondering many times, well, what happened to me? I've been around a long time in this thing. I've been around a long time in the ministry, but I want you to know every day is a new opportunity to, to, to be thankful to God and change the course of your future by being thankful to God, but not being afraid to confront the past and say, okay, I'm going to confront this, and then my soul is going to be free. I'm not talking about blame either. First thing that I had to do, and God showed me immediately the first thing is is to forgive. Forgive. That's the first thing God told me, but you're going to need to forgive before I even knew any details or facts. Because I, I, why that happened to me? Because I myself needed forgiveness. Let me, let me just share this. You cannot receive forgiveness without giving it. And that is one of the biggest things people stay locked in their souls. They're, bond, they're, they're in bondage because their souls are locked in unforgiveness. And yet, we can't figure out, well, you know, we're not using the right key to open the doors that God has given us. We're trying to stay locked in and somehow feel it's going to pass us. But you know what? It does, but not in a good way. It passes us. But listen, it passes to the next generation in our bloodline, to our children, and, and then therefore and thereon. When God saved the children of Israel, when he called them out of bondage, they took everybody with them, everybody. Bondage wanted to keep them there, but God had a different plan. And it was the same for you and I. God called us out of bondage. He brought everybody with us that even wasn't born yet. He said, I'm bringing your generation of your bloodline is going to go with you into this new life that I have prepared for you on this earth until you get to be with him in the kingdom of heaven. And I thought about that. See, some things happen. I know this. Some things happen that weren't meant to happen. We reverse, oh God, I, I hate to say it, we reverse the curse when we don't stay on that path that God has said, here's where you're going. I was thinking about Jonah. It's not a story often, but I thought about how he, we know the story, the fish swallowed him, and then he went and did the preaching, but there's a lot more to that. I never read anything about him saying, God, you know what? You're right. God forced him to do what God wanted him to do. But then in the end, he still was back to where he started. You know, he wasn't happy about what God was doing because he had such an unforgiveness for the people of Nineveh. And I'm thinking, and I, yes, and I understand God's grace and, and his mercy, but when we're on the end that don't want, doesn't want to receive it, all we want to do is just kind of drag our way through our Christianity. And let me tell you something. When something happens in your life, 
that you never thought would, and you don't want it, and, and yet it is still ever before you, but it's the reality of your life. It's, it's time to say, you know what, God? I, I can't fight you. I can't fight you to this. I just want to be thankful. It's called surrender. We hear the word surrender. Do we really grasp that? Do we really apply that? Uh, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I'm like, ah, God, I... I I only want to surrender so much, God. You know, give me some time to deal with this. And God says, I've given you all the time that, that, that you don't even deserve. And we come to the Lord and he begins to free us up because acting like nothing happened. But we don't move forward by not talking about it. You do not get over it. You get through it. People say, oh, just get over it. You never get over it because it's always up here and in here. You learn to get through it. And you get through it because you voice it. And you don't hide it and, and, and suffer inside. Too many, you know, one thing I've learned is too many people, and, and, and even especially with men, because I know men more than, uh, you know, I, I can't figure out women sometimes, but I can figure out men sometimes. And I know with, with men, uh, we suffer in silence. But we have to be strong because those that are watching us need to see us strong. But inside... We suffer in silence. I tell you what, I know how to suffer in silence, but I also know how to be free from that. It's called surrender. You don't want to surrender, but God's not saying, I'm not asking you if you want to or not. He said, I, I gave my son's blood for you, so I'm not giving you no options here. You, you serve God, he gives you that option, or you don't. But you can't carry things. And occupy time and space alone and say, I'm moving forward. The church will move forward in the spiritual realm. All of us can move forward in the spiritual realm. But if we don't deal with God, from God's word, listen, the, the first counsel we need is right out of God's word. He says in verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Hidden with Christ in God. Listen, that is, a, that is a privilege right there for your life, my life, to be hidden in Christ with God. When Christ, verse 4, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, these are promises, brothers and sisters. They're not just little stories that are just said there to keep us rolling and everything. These are promises to his people. And what can we exchange for that? What is of so great importance or value that we can't even take with us anyways that can substitute for that, nothing. I believe we need to really look. I know I've done this. I've been reading the Bible for, gosh, years, and I'm, I'm always, I say I'm always a student, never a master. I'm always a student, never a master. I keep learning. I keep learning. It says in verse 3, uh, 5, excuse me, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death. That's not easy to do, especially when you can hide it. Trust me, I know. It's not easy to put away our earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. But listen to this in verse 6. Because of these things, or because of these, the wrath of God is coming. In verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Now, maybe we weren't like some kind of... Uh, 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 person that's singled out in this type of life, but we know what we're capable of outside 
outside of God. But he says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And because the wrath of God is coming, he's warning us not to be part of that. He's warning us, inviting us. But you must also, verse 8, rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have been taken since you have taken up your old self with its practices. Verse 10. And have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And that's a good amen right there. Listen, he says, which now is being renewed. See, part of moving forward is being renewed in the image. Here there is no Gentile, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Christ is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? The second thing real quick is, then there are the good components or godly attributes of God we all can and probably should have. Verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, listen to this, as God's chosen people, if you're in this place, you can see me, raise your hand if you're God's chosen people. And you believe that. You believe you're God's chosen people, believe it. You are because the word of God says you are. You are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We don't make ourselves holy. That's not what it's talking about. He, ha- he has done that for us. Holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, why is that so hard to be and do in the modern church? No, no kind of, uh, uh, any kind of change that's visual before us, no kind of change that we do can change that in our heart. We must make that choice. God won't even make us do it. He'll say, this is what I'm telling you to do. You do it or you don't. It's that simple. But yet, he's compassionate. He's kind. He's, you know, he, he tries to prevent us from being humiliated. He's gentle and he's patient. Boy, if God, if one thing I've learned about God is, is, is he is patient. I've learned that. He's patient with me. And I was like, well, God, I'm in, I'm in trouble now. I'm in trouble now. Have you ever thought that way? Have you really thought that way? Have you ever, you know, experienced things that you know that God is in charge and you blow it and you're like, uh, I don't know nobody blows it here. I'm talking about somebody else somewhere else. Verse 13. Listen. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all these virtues, and, and overall, these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, we all want unity. Every pastor wants unity. Every leader, every teacher, every elder desires unity to see the body of Christ uh, uh, grow, glow, and flow the way it should and have favor. But it takes these qualities in each person. That's what the body of Christ is not separated. God's, uh, the Lord's body is not separated, and the church is not separated in this way. Every part plays an important role, but every role 
is an important part as well that is expected to flow. In other words, there's no special rules for the pastor versus uh, 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 one, of the, uh, one of the ministers in the church. To me, I call uh, what we often call ministers those uh, that are serving, serving in any capacity. No, that's not something to say, well, I'm going to preach tomorrow because I'm a minister. I'm talking about that. But, but how we, we, we verbalize and, 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 cost and help people to feel they're part of the team and part of the plan of God. And, and it's so important how we address people like this and, and, and make each person feel that that's being compassionate. Let me wrap it up. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Again, be thankful. He keeps ending with being thankful. Now, I'm thinking about um, a lot of things here. One thing that came to mind, I'm talking about uh, love. I'm talking about forgiveness. Uh, you know, I, I, I can only stress this. No matter who we are, you know, there's nobody that can't fall. There's nobody that can't get away with, 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 with sin. There, there's just not. But a lot of the, a lot of the issues today are, are, are evolved around unforgiveness, around anger, around bitterness. And listen, you can't, you can hide it, but it, it eats like a cancer from inside. And you can occupy space and you can occupy time, and you can be involved and, and, and go through the routine of what Christianity presents in your, in your perspective, but it eats away. And eventually, like a chemical leak, it leaks out. It never stays in. It leaks out. It comes out in an action, in a word, in a thought, and it plays itself out. Sometimes you can't control it. I was thinking about, this came to my mind. My wife probably remembers this. I, this was probably about uh, 1995, maybe. We were in, a, in, in, in our church service. And uh, also, you know, I'm just there preaching. And, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, I translated, translating. All of a sudden, I, I saw one of the ladies, I just zeroed in on her. She had this look on her face. She kept looking behind her. And she was saying something to this other lady. Also, she just got up in the middle of the sermon, and she starts yelling and screaming at this lady. And I was like, like, okay, what do I do, you know? So, uh, well, I did what I should do. I just kind of went over there and said, hey, you know, let's, let's sit down, you know. I probably should have just ended the sermon. It was so dramatic. I got, got back up there and just kept preaching. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh, my wife's like this, my kids are like this, and and they were yelling. She was yelling in Russian. And then she started yelling in Armenian. And, and I don't think the lady even understood her. But I'm, I knew her language changed. Back then, I didn't know what she was saying. Today, I wouldn't know what she was saying. But I know it wasn't good. <laughs> and I thought about this. Go, man, this kind of stuff happens in church? I thought, this would never happen home in my church. But it happens. But let me, my point is this. Listen, relationships are constantly under attack in this day. I know you've heard this, but if we hear it so much, what point do we say, you know what, I need to do my part to, to, to fix what needs to be fixed in my life. 
Unforgiveness will stop you from moving forward. Like I said, you'll only occupy space and time because that's the physics of law, the law of physics, and how God designed it to be. And when I say that relationships are constantly under attack, this is not seasonal. This is not seasonal. You know, you get those seasonal jabs from the enemy, and you know, oh, wow, you know, I feel it coming. This is all the time because it's important, it's strategic to the enemy to destroy relationships, first in marriages, first in marriages, then in families, then in friendships, et cetera, et cetera. And it is a strategy to keep us unthankful, to keep us, say, God, this is your fault. You put this person in my life. You put this person in my church. Are you, you send me to this person and all these kind of things are the actual, this is the reality of life as it is for us. But I'm not saying that as a negative thought. I'm saying that as, you know what? We are empowered by the blood of Jesus and forgiveness is one of the greatest weapons you and I could possess. It's not the gifts of, of speaking in tongues, laying hands and doing all the things, but forgiveness is something that is unstoppable. It'll carry you a long way. Gifts and, and talents will bring you so far, but because of unforgiveness in our lives, uh, uh, it, there's a door, there's a wall that's put up, and we can't excel where God would really want us to. Do you believe that today? Look in your word. Study your word. You know, take the word as, as, as truth of God, and when we are thankful, God, you know what? I could look to say, God, you know what? I know it's your grace and your mercy that I, that I lived through this ordeal. I know it's your grace and mercy that, that I, uh, uh, I'm still doing your work for you, or trying to at least, and willing to go, still willing to go wherever, wherever you want me to, to go, Lord. You know, one of the reasons, I'm just going to share this. One of the reasons uh, my wife and I wanted to come to this church because we believed, I believed, a couple of things. Number one, that that this church has a, has a an opportunity to go places we've never seen yet. I truly believe that. I I believe that with all my heart, because of the things we have experienced, because of the the places when we have had our hearts in bondage. We know we've experienced God's grace. Many of us have, and it's got that opportunity to do things and see things and go and experience uh, God in so many ways. But we, we, we have to, and I, and I know we have to break mindsets. Amen. Mindsets are, are different. I had that in here, but I don't. And I also believe that, uh, uh, that this is, this is a, 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 a center within our, still, within our ministry. This, this is a center point. And, of course, wherever there's center point, wherever there's favor, wherever the grace of God is, and wherever there's a future, the enemy is going to try to destroy that through relationships and unforgiveness. It's that simple. It's that simple. But you know what? Uh, and those were my reasons, uh, generally. But a couple weeks ago when Tom, uh, Pastor Tom was here, uh, he said these words, and this is what really resonated with me. He said, roots. And I realized, you know what? Uh, 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 before a lot of you were around, I'm sure, uh, our roots are, are here in this ministry and in, in, in maybe not directly here, but a lot of people are still involved. And the fact that we know a lot of people from way back when we started, but it's our roots. That's what drew us back. It's our roots. 
And we want to see the birthplace of our Christianity. We want to see it, uh, 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 we want to see it sprout and grow and, and, and flourish. And you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't need this to do that. I don't need the title to do that. I don't need a position to do that because I'm grateful that I'm still alive and, and, and God uh, uh, has given me grace to continue to do his work, whatever that may come, whatever that may come. Uh, and so I want us to, uh, we're going to pray as I bow, we bow our heads online. Your home, I want to pray with you. Those of you that are here in the studio, those of you that are helping tonight, I'm going to pray with you. You don't have to come up here, but I want to pray with you, pray over you. And I want to pray for those that maybe you're watching or you will watch and you're not a believer, you're not saved, or maybe you've walked away from Christ. And uh, I'll say this, I've done that, so don't beat yourself. Just be glad that God has you here today or he's online and he wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back. That's our God. He brings us back. He doesn't want us to wander off. And we do. We get messed up. We get beat up. We get hurt out in the world. We get bitter and angry. But God says, I still want you. I still want you. I still have a plan for you. I never took that away from you. You just have to step into it. And so that's, the, that's what I'm thankful for. And those of us that have been saved a long time or a while, maybe there's a, an issue of unforgiveness. Listen, unforgiveness, I'll say it again, bitterness, hatred, they all stack up and work against you. And they take you farther away from God's grace. Well, his grace is there, but it takes you out of his covering and away from the plan he has for you. But he's always ready to restore that to you when you say, Lord, I surrender all. This is what this is about. I surrender all. You might say, well, that's very hard to do. I know it is hard to do. Trust me. But I'll tell you what, it's better for you. It's better for your brothers and sisters. It's better for your family. It's better for your wife, your husband, to say, I surrender all. So I want to just thank the Lord. God, we pray right now, Lord, for those that maybe need salvation, maybe need restoration, maybe need just to return their hearts back to you. Lord, you are willing to receive them. Let your Holy Spirit speak to them today. But I also want to pray, Lord, for those of us that serve you, but yet we struggle with unforgiveness. God, let your Holy Spirit reveal what that means to us as individuals, as a church, the body of Christ, as a family, Jesus said himself, if you can't forgive, you you can't be forgiven. So we don't want to live like we're forgiven and yet not forgiven. Because then we're just what? Occupying time and space. God is true to his word. He always will be. He always has been. He will not fail us. So I am thankful this morning, this evening, excuse me, that I'm here in this church. I'm here with these people online. And I'm here to share the word of God with you. But it's not for my pleasure. 
it's my pleasure is to see people come to Christ. Because in the end, that's what's going to matter. Who did we bring to Christ? Who did we convince that God is better than what they're doing? For God's grace, I'm thankful for His mercy and love. And I'm alive, you're alive, because He has a work for you and I to do still. In this time, in this time, He has a work for us to do. So I want to pray right now in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord. God bless you tonight. I pray that you're blessed, that you will receive what the Word of God has given you.